Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. Come join us as we chat about a whole host of mindset-related issues, giving you both the male and female perspective. And don't miss out on some of the exciting interviews we'll be conducting with some truly inspirational guests. My name's Marcus Matthews, and I'm a rapid transformational therapist whose quest is to transform people's minds to reach their own personal greatness. My name is Tracy Carroll. I'm a rapid transformational therapy practitioner, and my mission is to end the stigma surrounding mental health issues and show people they no longer need to suffer in silence. So let's get going and let the podcast begin. Absolutely looking forward to today's podcast. We've got with us, uh, with myself and Tracy, Roslyn Palmer of Trust Transformation. Ros is an advanced transformational therapist and coach. She's been doing this work for many years now, being one of Marissa Peer's top trainers. She's worked with some amazing people from Tony Robbins, Edward DeBono, Brandon Bays, and Robert Holden. She's also a best-selling author with a book, Reset, A Blueprint for a Better Life, and Amazon number one bestseller with a co-authored book, Ignite Your Life for Women and Ignite Your Female Leadership. Not only is she a therapist and an author, she's also a broadcaster on the popular radio show, Girls Around Town on Radio Newark. She's there as our wellbeing expert. She's recently featured as an emotional well-being expert on the Janie Lee Gray Show on UK Property Radio, has appeared on numerous podcasts in 2019, including Women Who Create, as well as her many accolades. She's won a number of awards in the last two years, including 2018, the Stevie Gold Award in Health and Pharmaceutical Service category, the 2018 People Choice Stevie Award, the favorite new products in healthcare, pharmaceutical products and services, rapid transformational therapy, a Stevie Silver Award for the Lifetime Achievement Award in consumer services industries. Not only has she done all that work, Rosalind has invested a great deal of time and money in her therapeutic and coaching training. And as a trainer, she's constantly at the leading edge of development and understanding. So today we're going to delve into some of Roz's expertise, we're going to look at her coaching philosophy and we're going to look at how she's transforming lives and maybe pass some of that information on to you. So without further ado, let's delve in and let the podcast begin. Welcome everybody, welcome to the Talking Minds podcast and we have with us the amazing Rosalind Palmer. Ros, welcome. Thank you, it's great to be here, thank you very much. And we've also got Tracy as well, better say hello to Tracy, sorry. Hi everyone, it's good to have you here Rosalind. Thank you, yeah, lovely to meet you virtually. (laughs) Hey Ros, um, I really appreciate you spending your time, I know you're a really, really busy lady. Um, For 
all of our listeners that are listening to the podcast, um, they may or may not know who you are. So could you just give us a, a quick introduction to who Roz is and what you've been up to? Yeah, so I um, I like to build myself as an emotional well-being expert. So I am, and I've decided I can't get this on a card. So I am an award-winning, advanced, rapid transformational therapist and coach. That's why you can't get all that on a card. Um, <laughs> so yes, I am like your good self, a rapid transformation therapist, um, clinical hypnotherapist, um, now advanced because I was on the original pioneer intake of that course four years ago and um, very much inputted into the development of that organization and have been a trainer and a mentor. I'm also a coach. I uh, worked in coaching or in and around coaching in the 90s and then about 10 years ago but it's only really been in the last couple of years that I've added my own effective coaching to the RTT so I can offer either either but I have a combined package which I offer called trust transformation which offers both the transformational therapy uh, or hypnotherapy and the coaching so that's my day job that's what I do um, I'm also an author. I have an award-winning book. I'm into other best-selling Amazon compilation books. I have a newspaper column, which is also again on uh, emotional well-being. I'm a co-presenter of the Radio Newark Sunday morning Girls Around Town show. And again, I'm, I, I sort of sit in the well-being and health chair. And uh, yeah, and at weekends, I like going to the countryside, walking dogs and feeding sheep. So that's me. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask a quick question, because I, I, I think you'll put yourself, not put yourself down, but I've, I've read lots of other things. But you've obviously, you're good friends with Marissa, the amazing Marissa Peer. Um, now, was there a story about how you met Marissa and a link with Tony Robbins? Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely true. It is completely okay. true. Um, I, I want to know more about that. <laughs> so my background before I became uh, a therapist and coach uh, was PR and marketing and I came up through the 80s in arguably the biggest PR agencies in London. I worked for Lynn Franks which the TV series Absolutely Fabulous is based on and if you've ever seen it uh, that is not even as bonkers as it truly was so I'm happy to talk about that. And the people, like day two of my job, I'm on the Orient Express. I mean, it was truly bonkers. It was the 80s, what can I say? It was like Wolf of Wall Street, but not quite as bad. And then in the 90s, I had my own uh, PR company, which again became award-winning and I sold it. Um, I started with a redundancy payment of £5,000 in my spare bedroom with my Basset Hound Rosie as my first member of staff. And nine years later, sold the company when it had a 1.3 million pound turnover. And along the way, I met Marissa Pierce. So very early on in my business, about, I would guess, around about 1993, 94, I was invited by one of my actual clients who I was working, doing the PR for. I had this you know, little agency. We've got about a quarter of a million pound turnover at that time. And she said, I've heard there's this weekend course that will change our lives. I was like, I'm up for that. I am so up for that. Let's do it. And the next thing I know, I'm in London um, 
on a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within weekend. And after day one, like most people, I went home kind of dazed and confused. But equally, I Googled him. I mean, the internet wasn't what it was today, but he had not a great reputation or, or profile in England at the time, which seems hard to believe, but it yeah, was true. Yeah. Um, and I thought, right, what he needs is PR. He needs somebody really good to do his PR. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, and that's going to be me. So I wrote this little note about Mr. Robbins, you know, this is why you need me. And he talked about manifestation. So I thought, right, I'm going to manifest this. It's going to happen. So on the way to the fire walk on day two, I found myself next to him. It was oh amazing. God. We're walking to the fire walk and he's chatting to everybody and we're all going, yes, 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 as we're walking to the fire walk. Um, and I just said, Mr. Robbins, your PR was really terrible in the UK. Read this note. <laughs> you know, again. <laughs> Love it. I mean, it was true, you know, synchronicity, manifestation, whatever, you know, of all those people, I'm next to him. And also, I then do the firewalk and think, oh, well, at least I did that. And then I get a phone call and I ended up being Tony Robbins PR representative in the UK. And as part of that, I went through the whole of Mastery University because you, you can't PR somebody effectively if you don't really truly know what they do. And I then went off to Hawaii, as you do. And I was at uh, Life Mastery in Hawaii and I was cool with the fireworks, nailed, done, good. But they had this exercise where you had to go up a really, really tall telegraph pole and jump off the top, which was no mean thing actually, and catch a trapeze. Um, oh my God. And okay, you had a safety wire, but your brain didn't know that. Yeah. And my brain decided when I was at the bottom of the thing to just freeze my entire body. So there's a queue of people waiting and I'm just going, no, and I'm trying to will myself up this thing. And I get a tap on my shoulder and this woman leans forward and goes, I can hypnotize you up that pole. And that was my meeting of Marissa Pia. And indeed she did hypnotize me up the pole. She told me later it was because she's getting really annoyed at having to wait. Um, <laughs> and she just wanted me up and gone, but it just was great. The and then I thought, and uh, we stayed in touch. I went and saw her as a client because I, realized I was self-sabotaging the business um, I seemed to be kind of stuck in this quarter of a million pound turnover and I realized I had some money blocks and one session she removed them and we remained friends um, ever after really and I bought paintings from her daughter and yeah so when she launched her RTT and it was uh, certified as a school and given all the certification etc she reached out to people for her pioneer course because it really didn't resemble what it does today we, we had one uh, kind of a ring binder and <laughs> some paper um, and of course there were no trainers because nobody had ever been trained in the methodology there was no online support that all the resources the amazing resources that that course has now you know didn't exist so um, she reached out and uh, I thought yeah because I was going through a not great time in my life at that time um, divorce etc and so I went along as much to kind of heal myself as anything. Um, and well, the rest is kind of history, really. <laughs> there we that, are. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, 
And I think that that probably segues really nicely, I think, um, to one of your things about faith. So I don't know, mm. Tracy, do you want to ask anything about anything so far? But I, th I think that was an amazing story. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really quite blown away by that. It's just, I don't know, it's just a really exciting and the, the manifesting and everything else in there. It's just really quite phenomenal, the, uh, the route that your life has taken. So we understand that you have um, developed a philosophy called the five Fs. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to tell the viewers or the listeners, I should say, about that? Because I had a little look at it and um, just for myself, I'm actually really, really interested to find out how you developed it and how it came about and um, what it all yeah. is about. Well, again, actually, uh, staying with Tony Robbins, um, and just before I answer your question, which I will, because I, I will come back to it, at that same event in Maui, Hawaii, uh, I also ended up not being able to speak to Tony uh, because I needed to, and getting a bit frustrated, skipping a seminar, and going to look at the sunset in a hot tub and finding myself in a hot tub with General Norman Schwarzkopf, who was like the keynote speaker <laughs> for, the next, for the next day. And awesome. I, I'm now part of two compilation Amazon bestsellers called Ignite and Ignite Your Female Leadership. My chapter is the first chapter in the book after the, the publisher because they said, oh my God, this story is so amazing. Um, and it was, I was in this hot tub, it was the Gulf War and I just said to him, could you tell me how to be a great leader? And I spent, you know, 40 minutes an hour, I don't know how long it was, with arguably the world's greatest general and leader being given tips on how to be an amazing leader. So that really helped how I ran my PR company and, and we did win best small PR company in England, for the PR Week Awards in 1999. And what was cited was our leadership and was our staff care and welfare. So a lot of the things that I picked up at Tony Robbins became the kind of lettering in the rock of who I was. And um, there was a, one of the ones, one of the courses I went to Phoenix, Arizona for this one, was Wealth Mastery. And it was billed as, learn from the world's leading, you know, billionaires how to be rich. It was like, what's not to like? You know, so I'm there, very excited. And a guy came out and he'd been a prisoner of war in Vietnam and was a very humble man, but obviously, a, you know, an incredible man. And he talked about his life philosophy. And it was at that point, I don't believe he distilled it into the five Fs, but he kept kind of putting his hand up and going, oh, we did this, and then we did that. And I remember because what I was very good at in my PR marketing days, and clearly still am, is slogans, is taking quite complicated things and making them simple, is diffusing things down. So it's like the way my mind works. It's like a funnel all the time. Mm -hmm. And I came away with this hand thing and I kept thinking about it. And it just struck me or it developed. I can't tell you when the aha moment was, but it's like, so, you know, we have a hand and we have five fingers. So we have five Fs. And what I realized about life, because my own life story is uh, a real warning at times about how it can look amazing, but you are very out of balance. You are very out of kilter. 
is that you need balance all the time. It's no good being, you know, really rich or making loads of money and your health's going out the window. It's no good, um, you know, maybe having lots of friends and loving your family, but you've got no money, you've got no finance, you know. So mm -hmm. it's my five Fs, it's my, my life philosophy, my business philosophy, and now my coaching philosophy. So you have five Fs, for a life of balance and I literally check in on myself every day and what's great is you've always got your hand so all you have to do is hold your hand up yeah. remember you've got five fingers and the first one is faith and so that can be faith in God faith in nature just faith in getting out and having a walk faith in yourself faith in you know I wear a bracelet all I need is already within me that's my own faith it's my own mantra you know faith in something within yourself and without yourself you know beyond yourself and mm -hmm. as i say it can be an organized faith or something spiritual it doesn't matter um the second f is uh friends so you know you do need friends and there's all the and it, there's a chapter in my book about you know you become the sum total of the people you surround yourself with and you know if you want to raise your game get better friends, you know, have people who hold you accountable or people who bring different things in your life, you know, because there's a whole thing where you will level out otherwise. Um, family, uh, look, I'm a therapist. I know what families do to each other. Um, mm. So it might be that family for you isn't, you know, top of your Christmas card list, literally, but family can be your own family of your making, your tribe, who you surround yourself with, and really who you become intimate with, who you let into your life. And then you have fitness, and quite clearly what I now do is you have to be fit in both mind and body. Your mind controls your body, your body controls your mind. The two have to be in synergy and work together and be as good as possible. So get the old faulty software out your brain and make your body as fit as possible through your diet, through everything, through your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then finance. Um, and I'm a great advocate that money can be a really good thing. You know, it's a source of energy. Um, reciprocity is giving and receiving, you know, so you give of good things you receive. And also you can pay it forward, you know, and I, I was head of um, head of marketing and communications for an international charity and look there would be no help for all these people who need the help if people didn't donate so that's my five F's and my whole coaching um, my trust transformation coaching which did win an award this year is based on those precepts yeah I mean balance I think is, is a, a real major thing when I speak to clients I talk a lot about balance um, and I remember listening to a podcast by the amazing Jay Shetty, and he talked about when he was the first day at monk school. So when he went to monk school, and there's yeah. this there's this young young lad teaching these new young monks, five years old, what they do. And he said, well, "What do you learn the first day of monk school?" And he said, well, "The first thing we do is we learn to breathe." And Jay Shetty, was, when I started school, I learned my ABC, so I learned that, whatever it was. So he he asked, "Well, why do you learn to breathe?" And and the monk, this young monk, probably 10 years old, said to Jay Shetty, he said, well, when we're born, the first thing we do is breathe, and the last thing we do is to stop breathing. So the only constant in your life is to be able to breathe. And when you breathe in and breathe out, and I know Marissa talks about this, and I do this with my clients, especially when Absolutely. trying to get them to just relax and look at meditation, any of those sorts of things, 
breathing and making sure you have the balance of taking in the breath and breathing out gets rid of all that cortisol, it gets rid of all that stuff, and you can actually do the work inside. So I, I agree, balance is, you know, is vital. And it's quite interesting, a lot of the stuff that you said in here, um, I'm sure you've read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, Long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit of, I'm listening to it on Audible because it's just easier than, than reading it. But he, <laughs> when you said about faith, they talk a lot about faith. And when you talk about, you know, you handing that piece of paper to Tony Robbins, a lot of that is just about putting yourself out there and not fearing yeah. consequences. And he also talks a lot about having that mastermind. So whether that's your family, whether it's your friends, surrounding yourself by people that are, that are going to help you in your course. And because you don't know everything and actually accepting that's that you right. need help from people. And that takes a lot of the stress out of you when you can pass that on to other people and you build your own tribe. And again, when you do that, you can start having a fit mind, which means you can go out and do the things that you love to do. And again, that brings that abundance. They're all crucial, aren't they? Yeah. And I mean, they bring that abundance into your life, don't they? You know, and, and it's we're still all practicing on it. I know I certainly am, but we've talked a lot about this, haven't we, Tracy, in the other podcasts yeah. uh, and, and our mastermind that we're, we're part of. Uh, and it, it, yeah, everybody's saying the same thing, but we need to get that out into the world, don't we? We do. And I mean, and, and it's very easy when you start thinking about it to look at people and go, well, what did they have? And, you know, the two examples I always use with my clients are take Mother Teresa. You know, uh, she had, well, faith in bucket loads. <laughs> I think they're going to make her, I think they're going to make her a saint. Um, she had fitness. I mean, she lived, I mean, I don't know, she was beyond 100, I'm sure. Mm. Um, she had family because, you know, her sisters and everybody she surrounded herself with was family. She had friends by extension of that. That's also true. And, you know, even people like Princess Diana, the late Princess Diana were friends with her, you know, mm. you arguably could say she didn't have finance in so much as she, she kept, you know, very, a very simple, uh, life, but you know, money flowed through her to all those people she yeah. was helping in Calcutta. So there's, there's somebody who's got the five F's and you take somebody like John Paul Getty. Uh, well, he had finance, <laughs> you know, uh, he did not have the other four. Uh, his family hated him. I think they all sued him. He didn't really have any friends. He, he was not a, a fit man in either mind or body. Um, and I don't think he had faith in anything apart from money. Uh, so yeah, there's, kind of two two examples and i think again that's about balance isn't it i know and trace will say this i've obsessed about finance why can't i do this why can't i get that but when you start to bob proctor is amazing on this sort of stuff he talks a lot about what abundance is and when you understand mm. that abundance isn't necessarily finance yes finance is part of that but yeah. knowing that what you have got around you if you're continually chasing whether it's to make a thousand pound or whether it's to like a million or a billion it doesn't really matter because you're chasing the wrong thing. And I tell my boys, I read a book by Bear Grylls and his father told him about um, never chase gold, glory or girls. <laughs> Is this your philosophy for your children? Though? That's my philosophy <laughs> for my children, yeah. Um, but it said never chase gold, glory or girls. Do what you love and have faith that it'll come to you because the gold, glory and girls will be a consequence of that. And it's about focusing on 
what the importance is and actually the importance yep. i've got two vision boards or as i call them vision boards because i oh, yeah, after, yeah. after 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 i read the code of the extraordinary mind my vision I, I i did these two vision boards but one of them is quite static and it just talks about my main aims to be happy have freedom and have peace on the other board is my Aston Martin, my big house, and all the other stuff. That's the <laughs> nice stuff, but actually they're your they're your toys. They're, they're your my toys, toys, but but actually, yeah, hey, look, if that if having an Aston Martin makes you happy, you know, I'm sure it would make me really happy. But you're right. If the only thing you're doing is the pursuit of that Aston Martin, you know, it's like that movie, as good as it gets. You know, you can end up in your big apartment and with everything, and you kind of go, you know, is this it? Is this what I've been chasing? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and really miss miss the point uh, yeah. big time. Um, for me, I mean, and you know my story, I clearly, I did kind of pull it off, really, I think in terms of what it looked like and material wealth. I mean, I, I had an eight bedroom house in London. I was a millionaireess at 40 and I retired and sold the business and moved to the Bahamas. But then my whole life imploded. And when you come through cancer, um and financial loss and divorce and quite a few other things you do get the bigger picture <laughs> it does yeah. put everything very clearly back into perspective for you um yeah. so i was very fortunate that life in the universe decided to give me that gift and um, bring me through that time yeah and i think i don't know if tracy agrees with this but one of the things that i've i've really struggled with that when you look at how well people have done you go, well they had a great background you know you look at Vision from Mind Valley. You know he was an intern at Microsoft. He had his parents were teachers. So you know it's all relative to how you grow up. But it doesn't mean Tony Robbins is probably a perfect example of just mm. because you started off with a poor background, or it doesn't mean that things aren't available to you. And that's what I love about RTT. The amount of clients that I've had that have basically been told by their parents. I, I did a blog called How How Your Parents Kill Your Dreams. And it's true because we love the familiar and the tribe tells us, well, you must act like this. You must act in this way. And as soon as you realize that that's just a story you tell yourself, mm. then actually things can start to open up. I don't know what Tracy's thoughts are on that because I know we've talked about this quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I found that a lot with um, a lot of my clients. They've, they've got these beliefs that... that they've just got to follow the same guidelines and everybody else is doing it. So it must be what they're supposed to do. And it's only when they step back and realize that they're just taking on these beliefs of other people. Um, and, and especially with what you were saying was about um, striving for the material side of things. A lot of people do, and it's kind of been indoctrinated into us that if you've got the Aston Martin, and if you've got the mansion, you've got it all. But then on the flip side, you can look at people like, um, Princess Diana, you can look at people like um, the late Robin Williams. To the outside world, they had everything. They had the fame, they had the glory, they had the talents. Princess Diana, she was stunning and she was such an incredible woman, an incredible mum and everything else. But they had that lacking in another area. One of the, the five Fs wasn't there. That's right. And 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 look how how it ended up for them so i think everybody needs to sort of step back and say what we all once strive for and what we all believe was how the tribe should be and what, and what we should go towards 
isn't actually true and by stepping back and saying you know what all this other stuff is available to me happiness is actually available um mm. health is available everything else like that then they kind of open themselves up to the balance and they'll be so much happier as a as a result of it that's i mean you're, you're spot on both of you and um i mean ironically you just i don't think i've ever shared this before but it just reminded me of when I was at the height of my success at the PR company. And I actually test drove an Aston Martin <laughs> because uh, uh, my other half said to me, oh, you need a better car, you know, you're doing so well. You should get an Aston Martin. I was like, really? Okay. So <laughs> I went and test drove this Aston Martin. I wasn't that bothered myself, to be honest. Um, and it was horrible because um, I remember it was in like Cricklewood or somewhere in North London, somewhere or Wembley up that way. And I couldn't get out the blinking road. Nobody would let me out. In fact, all these folks going fast were giving me the finger. I was like, you know, because I saw this, you know, kind of young woman in a, an Aston Martin and they didn't like it. And, uh, and it was just awful. You know, I felt like I was under siege. I came back after an hour and I went, no, there's no way I can have this car. And um, a couple of years later, I bought a 1961 Mini Cooper called Madge with the little slidey windows and a starter button. And I used to bomb around London and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, not the car, it's not the car for central London really, is it? You know, it's, I'll tell you what's quite funny, actually. My friend, um, she's actually also in the police force. She, we were having a conversation the other day, and they've, they've got a couple of cars. And she drives to Chelmsford, which isn't that far from here, to the headquarters. And she said if, if she goes in her M5, it takes her 20 minutes longer, because at exactly. every junction, exactly. people, they're, they're looking at her going... <laughs> And then they're driving on past her. But she said they've also got her late mother-in-law's got a Suzuki Jimny. Tiny little, like, it's smaller than a Fiat 500. It's a tiny little car. And she says, she walks up with that. Everyone feels sorry for her. And it's like, oh, go on, off you go. You can go. And she gets there 20 minutes to pick up. Mini, you know, they go, oh, look at that little car. So, yeah, and, you know, I've had... I've had a lot and I've had not a lot, you know. Uh, I, I, I grew up above my parents greengrocer's shop in my early years and it was pulled down for some clearance when I was four you know my family were grocers and miners I was the first member of my family to go to university you know I, I went to a comprehensive school I I did not come from a privileged background um and then you know in the space of sort of you know 15 years in London I sort of made it if you like but I was very very unhappy um you know I felt like I was holding on by my fingernails and everything was glued together and some of it was good I you know I I, I did lots of alternative medicine Ayurvedic medicine I was vegetarian I used to have massage I used to go to yoga um I used to go to the gym but then some of it really wasn't uh I didn't sleep enough it's quite an alcohol fueled environment you know media in London in the 90s and the 80s mm. uh the stress was incredible I mean you know so they were they were good and bad I became bulimic you know they, they, they were they were sticking plasters basically and some of them were healthy sticking plasters and some of them weren't and when I moved to the Bahamas and people always go oh must have been a baby well yes uh, it's very beautiful I was there recently I've got very good friends there I'm very fond of the place and the people but it's real life when you live there and my real life when I lived there imploded and unraveled and we ended up 
um, living on an out island, which, you know, was great, but it was quite bare grills, to be honest. I ended up living in a very primitive farmhouse, which was built from wood with palmetto palm lining the walls, bare floors, and, but it was on a 10 acre farm and on a pink sand beach with a thousand palm trees. And that's where I recovered from cancer. And arguably that was one of the most happy times of my life because A, when I had cancer, there was no other to-do list. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. when people Just come to me for coaching and they go, oh, I don't know how to cope with my to-do list. I'm like, well, there is a solution. I'm not, not advocating you have it. But you know, when, when the top one goes, recover, you know, get through the cancer, yeah everything else becomes very, very, very relative and goes on to the B list. Yeah. And Absolutely. so for me, who'd always tended to have rather a overachieving A-list type personality, whirligig mind that couldn't quieten it very much, uh, it was great <laughs> because yeah. everything else went out the window. I mean, I did have kids, so, you know, get through the cancer, take care of the kids, you know, that take care of the animals, that was kind of it. And uh, it was a very, you know, simple existence. I went to bed with the sun. I got up with the sun. We grew our own vegetables. I became pescatarian. I hadn't been eating. I'd been vegetarian, but I realized I needed um, the protein. And also basically on that island, <laughs> the only thing you can get a lot of the time is fish. Um, so I got fresh fish every day. And because I gave up dairy because I read a really great book called Your Life in Your Hands by Dr. Jane Plant about breast cancer. And I realized how much dairy, because I'd been a vegetarian for a long time, I'd been taking and having. So I stopped the dairy. So, you know, that was a real weird time, but a really amazing time, incredibly spiritual time. I'd walk the beach and I'd sit out at night and watch shooting stars and comets and and I just really felt at one with uh, everything around me. I could hear the sea at night. Um, there were no luxuries there, none. And we didn't even have TV. Uh, as I say, it was a bit more Bear Grylls. Um, I do laugh. I think I'd be quite good on that programme, you know, if they stuck me on an island. So you said about luxury, though. I think it's how we define luxury, isn't it? Because I know when I, I had a, a massive breakdown. I mean, I got sectioned, as I say, I went into the mental health system. and for somebody who was really focused on wanting to achieve and wanting to be the best and prove to people that was a, you know i could do this and i could do the other i think sometimes when you reflect you look at it, it's the universe just going listen enough's enough i'm going to make i'm going to make you stop and that's where illness can come into it uh, and, and, and all the rest of it and i think that's you know I, I think when you look at that and you can you have that time to reflect it gives you the opportunity to actually what is life about you know, is it about going get go to university, getting a job, getting another job, working your way up through the management system to end up with a pension and then die, which is what most yeah, people's lives are. Again, we have so much in common. You know, I I had a dream when I was in the Bahamas, and it was that I was clinging on by my fingertips to a, a, a precipice, you know, uh, dangling over a mountain, and that somebody was jumping up and down on my fingers and shouting let go um and eventually i did but um you know it it, it it was tough as well because on in an 18 month period my father had a stroke on my birthday 
I then was flying to England. Uh, I'd adopted two children and there were quite a lot of things going on there, which I do not speak about publicly, but you, I'll, mm. I'll just park that. Mm. Um, I then discovered I had the cancer. I was going through my treatment in America, which was about a three hour flight away from where I was living. Nobody ever came with me apart from my ex because, and then uh, we had the hurricane, we lost everything on the farm. Then my mother was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. And then I discovered that my ex had gone through most of the money. That all happened in 18 months. Um, oh you know, so uh, <laughs> I really did have to let go. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's tough, but isn't it? Because it's familiar. It yeah. was like, it was like, I think when each one of those happened, I was still like, no, no, I'm still clicking on. It was like, no, have we got news for you? You know, we're going we're gonna to make you finally let go and take pretty much everything that forms your ego and personality away. So yeah. having left England in a kind of blaze of glory, um, I came back five years later, a single unemployed um, mother in rented accommodation just in time to bury my mother and, um, you know, see what I could do about putting my life back together again. And here you are now. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been through a few little, a, a few little reinventions since then. I mean, I got yeah. back into marketing, which is what I did. And I, but I did work for a really great training and development company called Go Mad. And the Mad stands for Make a Difference. And they have their own proprietary training and thinking system so uh in fact they're called go mad thinking so that was a great place to 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 settle and and get reabsorbed with all of that tony robbins nlp you know training development world then i remarried and then i decided i'd like to work part-time but be head of marketing and I decided it'd be nice to work for a charity so having never applied for a job since about the 80s I went online didn't even have a CV and just kind of typed in head of marketing three days a week international charity 50 miles from my house and the leprosy mission popped up and I think the closing deadline was that evening and I just filled the form in and I had the job on the Monday and so I spent wow. five years with head of marketing and communications for the leprosy mission, went all over Africa and India and Asia. And leprosy, I mean, just put it this way, in India, people with leprosy are below the untouchables. So they wow. are the lowest of the low. There were even anti-discriminatory laws in India up until a few years ago, which we helped repeal. Things like you can't get on a bus. It's an instant ground for uh, divorce, you know. I mean, the, the, the persecution, the stigma, the um, alienation that those people, along with the physical stuff they have to put up with, so my heart was broken open for these people and I ended up in some incredibly remote tribal areas and also in some really bad slums. And I've seen people who truly have nothing yeah. and yet they have community, uh, they have connection. They will come running out and grab your hand with two little stumps because they don't have any fingers and look you in the eye and sing a song to you because you've like done something to help them. Now, that truly was the last bit of my journey, I think, into becoming a better, nicer, more compassionate human being. So when Marissa reached out for me, all of that had gone before. 
Yeah. And so I was ready. I was ready to step into that. Yeah. I, I, do you know, I, I've got friends who, um, their parents live in Uganda. They went out to Uganda as missionaries. They still live out there now. And I remember going, as we drove from Entebbe to Kampala, where they live, I remember just seeing these shacks on the side of the road and coming from, you know, kind of the UK where it's, you know, nice, wherever you live, you've got hot running water, you've got a house, you've got all that sort of stuff. Um, and seeing these shacks where you'd have um, haircuts available and carburettors. Yes, yeah. Um, but what, what I noticed was, was that even though it was what we would call poverty, as in material poverty, the kids were running around, they were happy. Yeah. They were, so the, the, that really was an eye opener. After being there for a few weeks, you started to understand. And that was, we were there for three weeks and we were really lucky when we were out there. But one of the things I got to really notice was it was, it was just nice. The people genuinely had nothing, but they would give you anything that they had. Oh my goodness. They were, I, I've been, I've stood under a four lane underpass uh, flyover in Mumbai with leprosy affected people who live there underneath it permanently in well I call them tents but they're probably just bits of plastic that they found and they you'd turn around and somebody would be offering you a custard cream well it was a custard cream and um, I remember because I was actually with a camera crew because we were filming for a fundraising appeal and <laughs> the guy behind the camera went, oh, no, thank you. And I just went, take the biscuit. <laughs> 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 you know, while smiling. Yeah. And he went, okay. And I went, now eat it. Eat it. <laughs> 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 it's a good idea. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. Um, you know, because that was arguably more than a day's wages for somebody i mean yeah. they earn like the equivalent of a dollar a day and so they've just given you probably what is a day's wages so for you to reject that for you to turn it down is just, just not acceptable really so um you you just have to accept you know you talk about reciprocity you have to accept yeah. that gift because you're actually honoring them and, mm. and treating them, the people who have nothing with respect by accepting yeah. it. I know it might sound weird, but yeah. I, I hope you get, I hope yeah, you yeah. get oh, I'm, I'm making, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, moving on from that, I mean, that's such an amazing experience. So if we kind of fast forward now, I know one of the things you've had the honor to go to A-Fest and work with people like Dave Asprey and Ooh, yeah. Esther Perel. So taking all of that experience that you've got there that you bring into your RTT and your coaching, how is it working with people like that and Lifebook and all that sort of yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, and all of those. Yeah, I've had to have a little bit of a chat with myself, to be honest, because I, I do have a tendency to be a bit of a course junkie myself. You know? I'm like, oh, it's a bright, shiny thing. Let's yeah. go. It sounds amazing. Um, so I've definitely invested a lot of uh, money and time in, in those things, but I don't regret any of it. I think you have to then also absorb it and let it percolate. So I yeah. have stepped back um, a bit this year, definitely to, to really sit with all of that. So to answer your question, I did, 
look, I'm, I'm a marketeer. I, I helped, you've probably seen me on the videos for the RTT, you know, doing the elevator pitch and some other stuff. So I truly get about having a niche and saying, this is my target audience. So my, my niche definitely is burnt out Barbara, as I like to call her, or possibly burnt out Bob, you know, who's the one who looks like it's all going on and got the big house and yeah. is wearing the masks because, you know, that was me, that yeah. was me, that was me in the nineties. And so I really, get those people and they really like it because I've, I've walked in their shoes. Yeah. But equally, I'm a bit field of dreams. You know, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. And they seem to be people who come to me who maybe are vibrating on a slightly higher spiritual level or other things. I've never flagged that up on my website or anything. And it's as if they sort of come. And interestingly, I did work with Dave or, you know, went to workshops with Dave and then Esther Perel and relationships. I seem to be having an absolute spate of people with relationship issues. <laughs> it's a bit like, you know, if you build it, they will come. You know, I get drained in that. And then, you know, and again, I'm not really flagging it up, but it's, it's sort of, it, it's becoming its own, you know, the synchronicity is happening. Um, so people looking for their life purpose. Um, so beyond the burnt out Barbaras, who I do help and coach as well, but people who just don't quite get it, their life purpose, they're not quite there. It, a bit esoteric, if you like. Yeah. Um, but also relationships. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I, and I love all that work, but then equally I've got a cohort of anorexic and self-harming kind of late teens and early 20s. I think what happened, well, I don't think, I know what happened was I was dealing with their parents, the burnt out Barbaras and Bobs. They're their children. Yeah. So the children of these really high achievers are the ones, you know, who yeah. feeling the pressure is all too much. So they're mm. showing up with these other issues. So, um, yeah, that was those two cohorts that happened. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, I don't know if, if um, Tracy recognises, but I know when I work with clients and you know when you work with people enough, what Marissa says about I'm not enough, I'm different and things aren't available to me, you, can, you do apply that to everybody at whatever, wherever they are financially in their life. Because there's always, when you're in that race, totally. you're oh constantly goodness. trying to chase. And the best, the best advice that I always put it in the trap, you're not in the race anymore. And you're choosing to live the life that you want to get the peace and freedom that you want. And we're, we're in this race constantly at whatever level. So those mental health issues, those well-being issues, they transcend, you know, generations. They transcend. And we just totally. learn from the next generation. And you've, you've alluded to it more than once in this conversation, which is that also we often we, we're playing roles that were kind of expected of us or forced upon us. Um, I had a guy come and see me recently. He came in a Ferrari and he told me he'd sold his business. He didn't tell me it was for 82 million pounds um, until we got talking. And he's really unhappy. No, he's really unhappy because he's he misses the chase he he misses his tribe he misses yeah. the camaraderie he misses what what made him you know excited to get up every morning yeah. and sort of sitting at a villa sipping pina colada it, it, it it's not doing it for him you know or playing golf um and so i think he's going to launch another business <laughs> so <laughs> you know um but but it's interesting he probably thought oh when i get to that point and yeah. you know i have that 
I've ticked everything, everything will be okay. And there's a classic example of it was, you know, is this as good as it gets? Or why, why am I feeling so unfulfilled now I'm at this place? So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that I watched a recent Netflix documentary on um, Bill Gates and his foundation. And obviously he amassed the amount of money he did with Microsoft and all the rest of it. Um, but now he's helping other people. And his work ethic is exactly the same as it was when he was at Microsoft. Mm. However, what he gets from that is so much more because it's not about making money it's actually because the product that he's creating through his foundation and helping people gives him so much more back than buying the cars the houses okay he's in a great that's right and i don't it. think he's gonna let his kids inherit is he I no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know how yeah. i'd feel if he was his kids i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they'll probably go that badly would they so no i think they'll probably be okay i mean the other the other interesting thing that really came on the back of um you know, being an early trainer, you know, well, well I was the first trainer along with um, Bertie and Tina, you know, we were mm -hmm. it, the three of us were, were it, um, is that people going through the, the therapy course um, would turn to me for therapy. So I've actually just um, published an article in Psychology and Practice magazine, uh, which I have a copy of actually um, which is um, therapy for therapists so I'm I've got a very big uh, client base of other therapists who actually but I, I think me and Tracy talked about this a lot and I find this that when I don't know how you find this Tracy but when I when I work with clients depending on what they are you kind of heal at the same time. And I know Marissa talks a lot about, you know, she's learned more than, from her clients than anybody else. I don't know how you felt that, Tracy, whether you found that yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, almost, it's, it's quite weird, really, isn't it? You see things, and even though it's not necessarily the same issue or area, it's like you've got light bulbs going off in your own head of, oh, okay, that makes sense now. And I can see why I've done X, Y, and Z. And you do, you start to heal yourself. I mean, so many people say to me, oh, do you have to be really careful as a therapist not to take on other people's issues? And I say, well, first of all, because it is rapid, we go back to their issues so fleetingly that it's not like I'm hearing the same torturous stories over and over again, week in, week in and out. I literally, I don't know whether it's because I have a lot of clients or just a really bad memory, but <laughs> it's almost like if you said to me, the client that I had on Monday or Tuesday, is what you can't even remember now, um, what, was, what was her issue? I could tell you, oh yeah, she came to me because she, she had an issue with weight. If you mm. said to me, what was her root cause? I'd have to look at the notes because I don't allow any of that in. It goes yeah, in, it goes out. To protect yeah, yourself. because I, I don't have that. But I do take the goodness from it. As Marcus said, I do take the bits of where it helps me to heal. Absolutely. I do manage to take that. And, and again, Brilliant. that also helps me with my future clients because I know what's worked and what hasn't. And you can kind of move on from there. Yeah, and I think the other thing with that, yeah. yeah, I think the other thing with that also is is that one of the things I found it I found it a, really hard to work out how do you talk about RTT? What is it? Uh, and I've just done a recent equation. I posted that on the RTT forum, like my equation. Oh, I did see that fleetingly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and basically it comes down to this: is that we don't treat the cause. 
we treat the feeling that's been manifested. And I think that's where it's slightly different, that you, you don't take the client's problems on because the problem isn't a thing, it's an entity, it's a feeling. It's what it meant to them. It's what it, it meant to them, it's the pictures yeah. that they've painted and they've attached yeah. to that feeling. So yeah. you concentrate on the feeling and once you've resolved the feeling, then the other thing is just a story that doesn't have any attachment. And that's why it's great when we break that feeling because then it has no power. I don't know what that was. Somebody's ringing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it breaks that power, and I think that's I think that's really really important. And that's that was kind of leads on to kind of my final question: is where do you find yourself now with RTT? Where do you think it's going? Given your PR background, and given you know what does RTT give to you, and what do you think the future for RTT is going forward? Because it's still relatively new, really. Wow, no, no, no small question to that's end on that. So it wasn't very small, was it? It was a wow. pressure. <laughs> You have ten seconds. The heads up there. we don't plan it. Well, I'm going to completely agree with you that it definitely has changed me as a person. You know, by you know what what you know you grow and you're you're passing that philosophy on and and you're healing other people and it's incredibly rewarding and you know and it's a constant growth. I've been you know gobsmacked i think is not too small a word at the phenomenal success of rtt and and what's happened with that organization when you think you know four years ago they were kind of 40 of us in a room <laughs> with a with a ring binder um you know kind of go okay let's give yeah. it a go um yeah and and here we have this you know global phenomenon today um i mean i i was at mind valley you in pula only recently, and I, I know a lot of people in those territories, and, you know, Mar Marissa is, um, you know, beyond held in high esteem. I mean, she's a sort of a superstar, really. I mean, she um, helped Vision. <laughs> yeah, but, but, of course, and that's it. And she helps all of those other incredible top people. You know, she's the go-to person for that. So, you know, at the helm of that ship is somebody, you know, truly amazing and remarkable. So... Where do I think it's going? Well, I, I don't know is the answer in so much as because of all the wonderful things that this platform has allowed me to have in my life. Um, you know, the radio, the, 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 the writing, the books, my own practice. Um, I'm now developing an online course. It's just about to be launched. You know, I'm going in more to kind of one-to-many type scenarios. So Please plug. I'm, What's your course? Please plug it. Uh, well, the first one that's being launched is actually bespoke to another organisation, so I can't tell okay. you. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and then, then my, other one, my other one will be in February, and I can't tell you either because I'm taking the whole of January off to develop it. But, okay, fair enough. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, so here's the point. That's how that's affecting me. That's how that's allowed allowed me to grow in four years so I'm not at the heart of that organization anymore because my own amazing wonderful life also I found love I've got an amazing the best relationship of my life you know that's that's no small thing after and the new puppy Flint the sixth yeah. F yeah well it's actually my boyfriend's puppy oh is so it yeah. okay I, I, I got to choose so that's good okay. um so I, I yes, I'm filibustering. Where are they going? I think, uh, I think all those areas that I know Marissa has dear to her heart, 
such as schools, such as education, such as informing young minds. I was a trustee for a prison uh, charity. And I know Marissa's got a real heart for, you know, recidivism and the way that we treat uh, the less fortunate. I think uh, because people are already turning up, signing up, will be trained in it, it's global reach as the go-to um, therapy that is more effective, uh, you know, like Heineken reaches the parts that other therapies cannot reach. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that's gonna continue. So more and more people will want to be trained in it. More and more people will benefit from the wonderful trainers. I know the training's getting better all the time. Their quality, their attention to detail is amazing. Uh, so all of that will go on, but I do see it maybe having a wider global reach in things like starting to change our broken uh, prison systems, starting to reach uh, education systems that at the moment are all about testing and actually putting yeah. children under terrible pressure. I do see, and that will be the th philanthropic side of me as well, and I know Marissa's got a heart for all of this, and as I say, I'm, I'm not speaking from knowledge that they're doing this, but you asked me my opinion as to where I see it going. I see it going in all of those ways. Yeah, and, and reaching out into that public sector areas yeah. as well. And, 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 sector, absolutely, no. 100%. Um, oh my goodness, public sector, oh. Please let's yeah. let's go there. Yeah. yeah, there are so many unhappy people in the NHS, in the police force, in the ambulance service. You know, I mean, bullying seems to be rife. I mean, a lot of my clients come from those backgrounds. So, yeah. actually, anything that can build a better society. Uh, so I see it as having that really that that kind of a reach. I really do. I, I, I often say I'm part of an integral practice in Shrewsbury called Integral Health. And one of the things I, I, you know, I fell into this kind of stuff by my own journey. I, you know, I would have gone, it's all woo-woo rubbish. Like a lot of people say, it certainly isn't. But one of the things that I, I've found is that RTT is, if you are building a house, a strong house, which is your mind, body, and soul, is that RTT is the foundation. It underpins, it underpins the why. So I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. My Twitter thing is called Leaders That's Why. So you know, the RTT delves into that past, breaks your own belief system, so you can then build on top of that. So anything else that you put on top, coaching, uh, Reiki, yoga, fitness, train, any sort of training, when you've got a firm base, you're only ever going to get stronger. And that's, that's going to benefit the whole of humanity, hasn't it? That's absolutely right. And in fact, I, and I might change, I don't know, but at the moment, I will offer... RTT on its own or you can have RTT and coaching I haven't been offering coaching on its own because I think the issue about a lot of coaching is you're papering over the cracks if yeah. you don't go to the root you're not dealing with it so I, yeah. I I'm pretty unequivocal with people who come to me for coaching to say right we're going to need to start with some RTT yeah. with therapy you know so that we can you know get rid of those um triggers and those repeat patterns and those yeah. things that are maybe you know holding you back and you you know it's like new year's resolution you know you do quite well for three months and then you're back at exactly yeah yeah <laughs> i always say to a lot of my clients it's like putting a plaster on a knife wound yes you it, it's not going to get you anywhere it might soak up the blood for a little while but eventually 
and you're doing yeah. more damage you've got to you've got to heal from the the root and then as marcus said you can put whatever you want on top and it will start working otherwise even coaching it, you're going to hit a block at some point and it's not going to quite be as effective absolutely and, and you know what i i went to a group recently and there was a coach and she was talking about the monkey brain and she actually said you always have to have a coach because you can never ever change your fundamental feelings and behaviors and uh, that's just not possible and I'm like there in the audience <laughs> I don't think so I think we're gonna have to uh, disagree yeah. at this point <laughs> yeah it's a really yeah. negative belief you have over there <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's it's been amazing. I mean, I've taken a lot from this. I don't know about Tracy. It's been a really great conversation. So I think Tracy, I think it's 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 time for the final it's question. It's time the for the final question. question. So Ros, we ask this of um, everybody who comes on, and you're not the first person that we're just going to spring this on because we like oh, to get. Well, you just sprung another one on me. So exactly. <laughs> we like to go making the, the familiar heart. unfamiliar on the exactly. familiar, familiar, I should say. So there are hundreds and thousands of phrases and quotes out there, but we would like you to pick one that springs to mind right now that really resonates with you with regards to anything in your life, with mindset, RTT, whatever it is, any kind of quote that really resonates, you'd like to share with everyone? Well, it is what I wear as my bracelet, uh, which, which is, is, and I quote, all I need is within me. I love that. Absolutely, and, and it's so true. true. It's so true, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely so true. Yeah, people just have to find it. <laughs> they absolutely. just have to. And they can do that through RTT. <laughs> wow, look at that. You, you're so good. I fed, I fed you the line and you do you. That's it, see, see, I should be in marketing. Um, anyway, Mars, it's been, it's been absolutely amazing. I've really enjoyed this. We've been looking forward to this. Um, and and we'll, we'll put some, some notes um, in the show notes. We'll put some notes um, to your books and to, to your website so that people can find out a little bit more about you but um yeah ros thank you very very much for taking your time at your very busy you're schedule most, to spend it with us welcome you're most yeah. welcome yeah we, i um one last thing i when i do launch my course in february i'll probably need some people to be to test it at a very very low cost so we're there with that don't like worry that. with that uh, Not there a we problem. go good that's two already yeah yes. we're there yeah, yeah. we're absolutely there and i'm um i'm going to order your book as well Thank you. Definitely going to go. Oh, so that's, that's, at least that's a sale as well. So, so yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, put, we'll put all that stuff on. Yeah, Ros, thank you very, very much for this. I know that you're really busy. So you really appreciate. No, I love it. I love this. This is what I do. This is wonderful. Thank you. It's good fun, isn't it? I love doing this as well. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've spoken to Kirsten. Apparently there's a podcast coming for the RTT uh, thing as well so um, I've been bugging her on that so well that's really amazing well. Yeah. yeah well done yeah thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much Ross. it's Ross and um yeah if, if you like a like let's share this podcast and let people know about Ross let's people know about RTC and and let's start changing the world one step at a time absolutely if you enjoyed today's podcast why don't you come and join us at facebook.com forward slash talking underscore minds and don't forget to give us a little like. Thanks very much for listening. See you soon.